Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Southsider 670 podcast available from Odyssey and anywhere you get your podcast. My name is Shane Reardon. I'm a producer at 670 The Score. And my co-host is usually Gabe Ramirez, one of our night hosts and part-time fill-in hosts at The Score. He is out today. He's on family vacation. So he said, go ahead and enjoy those kids, those two screaming kids under three years old. You do your thing, man. I know this is usually an escape for you, but go enjoy your vacation. So filling in so kindly is the crew from from the 108, probably, in, in my opinion, outside of suspendus barbecue maybe one of the best organically built baseball podcasts and franchises around and Thank you. Uh, they're, yeah of course they're that's the only compliment you're going to get so uh, <laughs> it's a lot for us it's above average for us in general Cherizy in the top right hand corner uh, my sock summer in the bottom right hand corner and birthday boy beef loaf in the bottom left hand corner Ooh. boys thank you very much for joining me how are you oh doing great man thank you for having us yeah, of course. Thank you for coming. I know it's early, 10 o'clock on a, on a Friday, um, and I know, Beef, you probably want to be like 10 mimosas deep, or maybe you are 10 mimosas deep. <laughs> Might be. <laughs> Not yet. I, I still have a work day I'm negotiating, so a little bit later we'll get to the wine. We'll start hitting that wine later on today. Oh, damn. Are you guys going to any games uh, next weekend? Next week, are you doing any of the games next week? Because I'm kind of fucking tired of going to games. Oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I, I think I'll be at most, most – I'll be at most of the games next week. I think Tuesday, you know, Tuesday nights we've been doing uh, with with Sox Machine, we've been doing a thing called playback where we we are talking over the game. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. So we've been missing some of the Tuesday games, and I think Wednesday's a day game. Uh, I'll tell you, Shane, I, I'm not at the point you're at, yeah. but I ain't taking off uh, days of work to go to the game either. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, no, I get you, I get your point there, but there's enough entertainment in the stands in general. Uh, interacting with other Sox fans, that it makes it worthwhile for me to still go. But I agree with you. It's, at some points, the product on the field is uh, not appeasing. It's it's not pretty. But this last week, if we played Detroit enough times, it's it's very fun to watch. You know, they're, they're scoring lots of ones. And they're coming, they're coming around, I hope. You know, we'll see. I don't think this weekend, I was saying last night on our podcast, or, or show much, show much, because we're going to get whooped. So just get ready to get whooped. Uh, maybe do some things. Maybe Makata can get a couple hits, and we'll see. He's looked really good so far. And the only thing that I'm like looking at right now, I'm forgetting about the Astro series. I'm forgetting about the Blue Jay series. I'm looking ahead to the first week of July, where the White Sox start with 19 games against divisional opponents. That's the only thing I'm looking forward to. Forget this. We had this like four weeks ago on the, on the Parkinson Spiegel show. Speaks. Because he's, you know, he's the big baseball mind. You know, he knows everything about baseball. He looked at it and he said, all right, there's this stretch of of 53 games. I want to predict today the record that the White Sox are going to have in this 
imperially important stretch of 53 games where there were like seven games against divisional opponents. We just kind of laughed them off, gave them a record anyway. I think I said they were going to go like 30 in, in 23, trying to be somewhat optimistic, and then they absolutely shit the bed. But the real important stretch is the stretch where they just go back to back to back to back to back against Cleveland, Kansas City, Detroit, Minnesota. Or not Detroit. They're not in that stretch. Uh, but 19 straight games. So if the White Sox are back, that's when they're back. They're back in that stretch of 19 games. Because right now it's encouraging, but you're playing the absolute bottom of the barrel in Detroit. Right. And you get another bottom of the barrel team coming up in, in Baltimore. So if you can have that kind of way against the, you know, the Jays and the, the Astros series, have those two, you know, bad teams uh, to kind of balance that. I think staying about a few games back, like four or five games back going into the stretch you're talking about, you, you got to feel good if you can, if you can walk into that stretch at that point, but you got to take care of business at that point. Let's hit the major White Sox storylines real quick thus far this season. Where are you guys at on Tony? We were all at the game on Saturday uh, when the fire Tony chance erupted, and it's unfortunately been, I mean, outside of the sweep against Detroit, it's been the focal point of this season, whether or not Tony La Russa is fit mentally, physically to run this team and motivate them to win a World Series. Where are you guys at on Tony? Teresa, you go first. I'm, I'm not a big fan at this point. I think a, a lot of the things that he's doing is either overthinking or if he's truly looking at analytics, mis, misdiagnosing what he's seeing in analytics. I, get, I think a good example is putting a shift on Cody Clemens the other day. The, you, don't, you do not have enough data to put a shift on him. I, I'm a guy who's pro shift. I, I like the, you know, I like using your team to, and, and information to the best of your ability. You don't have that information. You're using a very small sample size to try and guess where this guy's going to hit the ball. Uh, additionally, I mean that's 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 similar to his his thinking behind the the Trey Turner walk. Sorry to bring it up. I know you don't want to talk about it anymore, Shane. That's but it, like, it's it's a it's a similar thing, right? Where he's like, well, look at how he does on one two counts. It's like, dude, you're taking the the smallest amount of data. If the thing that happened, uh, you know, like if if you were to say. He is, oh, he's like, he's doing this on one and two. If you would have struck him out there, those numbers change drastically because the sample size is so small. So I think misuse of, of simple analytics like that is is disappointing if that's truly what they're doing. If not, he's just going gut feel all the time and it's wild. Like he's, he's he doesn't have the acumen anymore to do something like that. It, so it, I, 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 I'm kind of out on him. It's arrogance, right? It's I've been it around this like game much longer than every single one of you. Don't you dare question any of my decisions. And you talked in the right there about analytics. It's exactly why Dave, why Shelly Duncan's there. Shelly Duncan is supposed right. to be there to assist in the analytics. The younger guys in the game, Ethan Gaps, is supposed to be there to assist in the analytics of at bats and matchups. But Tony, it's, I mean, obviously, I don't know this to be fact, but it seems like he just dismisses everything. Before you add on Tony. Yeah, I'm mean, similarly to Treasy. I was never a big fan of the hire to begin with, but we always tried to analyze it best we could and take the emotions out of like, hey, I didn't like this kind of almost nepotism hire coming in. I think the key, though, is what you're mentioning right there, Shane, is can he turn over a new leaf? Can he humble himself and say, you know what? I don't know everything and allow kind of you've noticed the lineups have changed a little bit. 
They've started using an opener in a couple spots. So maybe he is realizing, hey, you know what? I don't know everything. And he's humbling himself and saying, it's time for me to relearn some parts of this. If he does, they get a, ch- a chance. If he goes back to the, the stubbornness of, of some of these other descriptions, you know, the, the, the moves he made and then him backing those up with, with uh, almost pure nonsense, they're in big trouble this year. Jacob? Oh, Government names. Okay, oh, that's where we're at. Okay, cool. Uh, no, that's totally fine. You can do that. Uh, you can find it. Crap out. <laughs> so what I uh, what I think is, you know, what before Rick Renneria was not the guy, right? And everyone's like, ah, oh, this guy's horrible. This guy's horrible. So then we get something that's even more horrible, and then we appreciate or we appreciate what we used to have. Um, I don't think that the manager can do a lot of things to the players on the field, but can definitely hurt them. It seems to be that Tony LaRusso is starting to hurt the players. Now, an encouraging sign to me is Lance Lynn being back and not being afraid to yell at the coaches as we saw him and Joe McEwen get into it. So it's like we have a guy, I don't think Jose Abreu is that type of a person where he would go at one of the coaches. Lance Lynn definitely is that guy so he can say something to him and maybe they'll get out of their heads because that's he's a good shakeup. he's a funny guy and uh I'm, I'm encouraged by him coming back just for the clubhouse get it more fun get people excited in this like forget about all of the underperforming shit that's gone on you know since day one so i, I, I thought for sure mss was going to start singing don't know what you got till it's gone when he started talking about Rick Renteria. Listen, I was I was hoping for it. I was I was looking for some Cinderella, man. The Julian Lennon stuff did not go so well on the uh the playback the other night. So I am definitely not going to sing unrehearsed. <laughs> I don't think he would mind that I'm sharing this, but last couple weeks ago, on uh Wednesday, June 1st, I texted Rick Renteria. I was trying to get him on the show. I'd like just take a, a, a shot in the dark and maybe he'll do it, right? He didn't text me back until a week later, and he said, I don't use my phone much these days. I stay away from it as, as far as much as humanly possible. I just saw your text. Thanks for reaching out. I texted him about when he came into our studio to make ceviche in our, in our culinary uh, studio. Mm-hmm. He said, I really missed that day. That was so fun. I love my ceviche, but I'm not doing anything at the moment, but I sure do appreciate it. Have a wonderful rest of your week. The sweetest man in the world. I would do anything. Man. To have him in the way that he related to those players back in that dugout. Absolutely, Absolutely. everything. Anything. 100% okay. agree. This is a pro Ricky group right here. Yeah. We always love Ricky. Shane, imagine this too. Imagine this scenario of they only let go of Don Cooper and they brought in Ethan Katz. How would you feel about that that coaching staff? I feel like that that would be, you know, that would help take care of, of, of some of what we, we had concerns with Ricky about. I mean... How do you guys feel about, I mean, that would be fine, but how do you feel about like Daryl Boston and Joe McEwen, the guys who allegedly are in charge of defensive positioning, space running coaching? How do you feel about those guys? Because majority of your standard fan isn't paying attention to base coaches, right? But those guys are there. Um, Daryl Boston's in charge of the outfielders. Joe McEwen, like we saw the blow up Lance Lynn's in charge of shifting and defensive positioning. They don't do any of that well. And I don't know if they were doing it well under Ricky either. It sure seems like they've fallen off, but they don't do any of it well. I I don't quite get why McEwing is in charge of the infield positioning uh, well, when you he's have McEwing. Sure, he's, he's you know he's the fun guy. 
Yeah, right, but does cool handshakes. But like when <laughs> when when the, they got Miguel Cairo as the bench coach, and yeah. like there was this whole thing about like look at all the great work he's done with these infielders and at these other uh, these other teams, and this is just a steal for us. And then you go, McEwing, you're in charge of the infield. Was, what? What are you What are you doing? Right. Uh, <laughs> I I though I will say, I am probably one of the few people that will will kind of defend Joe McEwing in terms of his aggressiveness at third base. And the reason I, I do, and I, look, I'm not excusing the, the Grandal send the other day. Like, that's that's ridiculous. But in general, McEwing will run on any outfielder that is not an above-average arm because outfield arms have dwindled. They're, they're much worse. You see a lot less assist from the outfield, especially at home plate. So it's... It's to me, it's a, it's a it's a fair risk to take, especially with a team that's been underperforming run wise. Now, recently, they've they've put up the runs, but the whole beginning of the year, it's been a struggle to score. So him being aggressive on guys that can't really throw the ball that well. Yeah, if they get lucky a few times and, and get us out, it's you know, that's the risk you're taking. But a lot of times when he's doing this, man, there's no one up after that. You know, you're getting into the bottom of the order. You're like, yeah, do you want Josh Harrison to bat and get this guy out in with two outs? No, you're going to send a guy. So I've, I, in general, I'm not too concerned with that. I'm just more concerned with, like, they've done a terrible job of shifting over the past two years. Uh, I don't know how much of that has to do with the pitchers not pitching into the, the shift, but it can't be that much. Uh, the, they're just awful at it. 